it's always cool seeing your best images on your blog or in social media. But for a real rush, imagine seeing them on the glossy pages of a national travel publication. Even better, imagine getting paid to place them there. I'm going to tell you how in this episode, episode 92 of the Shutterbug Life podcast. You're listening to the Shutterbug Life Podcast. It's a place for beginners to enthusiast photographers. You want to get better, you want to create something special, but you don't necessarily want to be a full-time pro. Well, join me every week as we talk about strategies for creating great pictures, building an audience, and making an impact with your images. I'm your photo coach and host, Linford Morton, but of course, you can call me Lynn. Let's have some fun. This is our Shutterbug Life. Hey there, welcome to the Shutterbug Life podcast again. This is episode 92. And in this episode, we're going to talk about publishing your travel photos. Now, before I start with that, if you are a longtime listener, you probably noticed that the intro is just a little different. For 2017, I thought I would redo it because our focus has shifted just a number of times in the three years we've been doing this podcast. Well, this will be the third year. And just to keep it current, I needed to update the intro. And my son, of course, did the last intro Two hat two plus years ago, two and a half years ago almost now, and at the time when he did it, his voice sounded like a little kid. Well, it doesn't now, so <laughs> if he redid it, he would sound just like me almost. So I've had to retire that intro. So thank you very much to Marky Mark for serving as my introducer for the last couple of years, and now it's time to move forward with a little more focus. All right, so now let's get into today's episode. Today we're talking about publishing your travel photos. And I'm going back into my former life because I spent most of my professional career as a public relations practitioner. So um, that time was spent, for the most part, trying to land coverage for the organizations I worked for, or my boss, whomever, trying to land coverage in newspapers and magazines, TV news, just just anywhere we could get them published. And so I did that for a long time for just a wide range of different kinds of organizations. And so this is a world I know very well and I'm very comfortable in because I was, you know, quite honestly pretty good at it when I did it. Now, I thought about this in relationship to what we are doing. If you wanted to get your photos published, how would you go about doing that? If you said, hey, Len, you're a PR person, get me coverage, what do we do? So, and so what we'll talk about today are the five steps that you would take if you wanted to get your travel photos published. <laughs> Thank you. 
You ever wonder how publications get all those beautiful images for their pages? Or even how you might have your images featured in your favorite magazine? Well, you can get that kind of coverage. And we're going to talk about how on this episode. I'm going to walk you through five steps and an outline to help you improve your chances of getting your images published on your next trip or vacation. Now, these are the five steps, as I said in the intro, that that any PR person would probably counsel you in taking or take on your behalf if you hired them. So um, th- this process, if you... If you work it and if you work it diligently, can, you know, can, can result in success for you. So the first step is research. And research is very important because it really sets the stage for you in helping you shape what your activity will be and um, where your focus will be. And the more detailed and the more comprehensive your research is, the easier it will be on the back end to get stuff published and to create the kinds of images that will give you the best um, probability of success. And so research is always the killer step for any PR advertising or marketing campaign. So you're going to want to spend... a fair amount of time on on this step. Now, what are you researching? Well, the first thing you're going to research is the location you are visiting. And you probably would do this anyway as a travel photographer. If you're getting ready to visit a new place to shoot, you're probably going to want to do some research on the location. Well, the same thing applies um, in... in when you are now looking at not just traveling there, but also hoping to bring back some images that you can get published and perhaps help offset some of your costs. And just like you would when you were researching for for, for photographs, you'll do a lot of the same things here. You're going to look at the best locations. So you know that when you are going to visit someplace you haven't been before, um, good things to do would be to go on to Flickr and look for that location just to see how other photographers and other travelers um, have photographed it. it. It helps you by informing you, you know, what are the must-see, must-photograph, photographed um, locations and and subjects when you're there. It also gives you an idea of what are the over the trite and cliche and overused ways of photographing something. I mean, if you start to look at all the images of a location, you see everyone doing the same thing. Well, you know that, okay, this is where I'm going to go. And no matter how irresistible it feels when you get there, if you want a picture that stands out and gets you published, you're going to want to try something a little different. So, This is your opportunity now to begin thinking about how you might photograph whatever that location is just a little differently so that you can put your own spin on it. Because the more different you can make it, the better your chances of getting an editor to pick it up. It it gives you a chance to think about what are the iconic shots or locations that you have to pick photograph. Like if you go to a city 
and uh, you are going to cover that city, you, you have to get these shots. If you go to New Orleans, you, you know, you're going to want to get the cathedral, you know, St. Peter's, um, St. St. Paul, St. Peter's, I'm, I'm going drawing a blank, but you're going to want to get the big cathedral in the middle of Jackson Square. You're going to want to get that because it's pretty much something you get in every coverage in, in any photo spread that covers that city. Um, if you are in, no matter, depending on where you go, you, you're going to want to know what those things are. And you're going to want to, to be able to spend, make some time capturing things. Now, there are these shots that even though they are the iconic and, as I said, the over-photographed um, locations, you may want to stop and get them just as some establishing shots. You might want to get them out of the way just as establishing shots to say, this is where I was. And then you can go off and begin your own creative treatment of the location. So you're going to research to see where the locations are, the best locations are, which shots you're going to want to capture. You're going to want to research to see when and where the light will be best there. You don't want to show up when the light's behind your, you know, you know the the big uh, landmark. You're going to want to get out early or late in the day. And depending on that, you might you want to use something like the photographer's ephemeris to see where this, when and where the sun will be best so that you can plan your your trip around around those best opportunities. You are going to want to look beyond the obvious shots and and look for for blogs by locals and for and photographs by by people who are non travel related related to see you know where do they where do the people who aren't tourists go for for their shots so you you'll want to dig a little deeper than the obvious to see where the real, you know, real solid photo um, opportunities might be. And then you, you're going to want to look through some, some of the travel blogs and travel locations to see what kinds of stories are being written about these locations, because that will give you some idea as to, you know, what people who travel are looking for and what editors who cover these areas are looking for. So see what kinds of coverage has um, been there in the past. What kind of what kinds of stories have um, tr- travel writers been been um, filing from these destinations? So that's the first part of your research. You know, a deep dive into the location so that you can understand where. Um, where you want to shoot and how you want to shoot. Next, you're going to want to check out, as I said before, um, some what's what's currently being covered in magazines. So you might stop by a magazine rack at a bookstore and just thumb through the Condé Nast Travelers and all the other travel magazines, not just to see your location, but just to get an idea of what kinds of publications what kind what kinds of pictures do they publish you might want to look for magazines where the pictures are more compatible with your style of photography if you prefer to do more street life and 
and the a day in the life of the average person and you pick up a travel magazine and you see all of their pictures are just these uh you know really staged images of sunsets or resorts or things like that then you know that that's not very compatible with what you do and you can move on to find the kinds of magazines that are close to your style and then look to see what kinds of images they they buy and, and then you want to keep that in mind so that when you're shooting you have an idea of the kinds of things that have uh the kinds of subjects that have been successful in the past so pick up a magazine rack and look for the magazines that are close to what you would want to produce and uh, the magazines that you think would be good subjects for good destinations for your images. When you find them, you're going to look inside and capture what's called the masthead, which is for, you know, for any magazine, there is that page in the first two or three pages where you have a long listing of everyone who all the editors and departments of of that publication. And what I would do sometimes is just snap a picture with my phone of that and take that home just so you know who the important people are on that publication, because we're going to have to come back to that later. The other thing you get, of course, is the the URL so that you can find them online and uh, and uh, their website information so that you know where to go and get to them later. The next thing you're going to do in your research is when you have that list of about, I'd say, six to 12 publications where you think you like to be published, you're going to go to the websites of those publications and look for what's called an editorial calendar. And an editorial calendar is generally listed with in the advertising section, like for, because it's really produced for advertisers. And what you'll find in that editorial calendar is a list of all the themes for upcoming um, issues of that publication. And usually you'll see this in monthly magazines. So for instance, you will go through the, and it you, they usually publish it a year at a time. So for instance, you'll pick up the 2017 editorial calendar and you'll look and you'll say, oh, look, in, in September, the publication I like is doing a whole See, uh, you know, a whole theme on beaches and uh, resorts. And you think, well, I'm going to stay in a beach and resort. I, I can contribute to that one. Or it will, you know, be any other specific topic you pick it, but you will see what they're working on for each episode. And so what you can then begin to do is really begin to target who you go after and when. Because if you know that they will be doing a whole episode, a whole um, magazine focused on a specific topic, um, let's say Foods of New Orleans, for instance, if you know that that your magazine is going to be focused on that, you know that when you're going that if you go and get some great images on that, you can then submit them for and you know that they will be looking for those specific topics in in illustrations for the articles that they plan to produce. So 
check for the editorial calendar um, for the publications you'd like to to be uh, published in and see if there are any themes coming up that are that are that you can that either consistent with what you're going to do or that even for instance even if it's not location specific if it's topics uh specific you can go to wherever you are going and capture the images that would illustrate the topic area that they are covering so even though it's a different location it, it, you know, sometimes the stories are not location specific uh and your image from wherever you go might might work there. So you'll want to make sure that you um, you check that. Now, if you don't see that listed on the website, sometimes you, ha- you will have to call the advertising department, and sometimes they make you do this and ask for a copy of the the editorial calendar. You, you know, just about any publication will will send it to you if you call and ask them, but they Many times they they require just because they want to know who's inquiring, just so their salespeople can follow up. If you really plan to advertise, you you got to figure that you know they're in the business of selling space through advertising, so they want to know who's interested so that they can follow up. Um, but if if you if they know that you are working on it for editorial purposes, they'll send it to you. You don't have to worry about the uh, harassing calls from their salespeople. So just call the advertising department and and get them. They, it's usually in PDF form, and they can just email it right over. Now, if you now, oh, another thing is with your with your editorial calendar, you want to be aware of the lead times, and sometimes it's listed there. But just in case it isn't, keep in mind that for a monthly publication, they are usually working about three months out. And so, for instance, this is January now, uh, February, March, April. You are probably looking at from May on from May forward because everything between January and April is probably already well spoken for. So. Remember to remember the lead times for weekly publications. They they usually put it to bed about Tuesday of the week prior to publication. You want to get in there before Tuesday. Usually they're in production Wednesday for a lot of publications. So you're going to want to get in there Sunday or Monday to get into the next week um, if you are trying to be published in a weekly. Now. Once you've done that, um, you're going to, what you might also do is just, to, since you have the names of the editors, check in with them to see if if there are any stories that have been assigned to writers who still need illustrations. Sometimes the writer will be responsible for um, finding his or her own illustration, and so you might be able to work directly with the writer. So if you can find out who's writing a story, you might be able to, to connect with them directly and provide them illustration. You have, to, you have to remember that if you are going to make somebody else's life and work easier, you are likely to get better cooperation. And so for a writer who's busy, who has to think about how they're, you know, 
she's going to illustrate a story. If you can say, hey, look, here is my website. This is the kind of work I do. I'm going to be shooting in this location or on this topic and just thought I might be able to help support the illustrate the, the, the article you're writing, you're likely to get um, some, you know, a good response if they are still looking. Because remember, you're helping them check off one of their boxes. Now, one other place you can look, there's a publication called the the 2017 Photographer's Market. I'll, I'll put a link to it on the show notes. And this is published every year, as the, the name suggests. And this is a reference resource that has just about every publication, an editorial publication, that buys photographs. And this is a great resource. You can probably pick it up for about 20 bucks or so. You can get it at Amazon or, or wherever you buy your books or magazines. But what you can do then is also do further research by finding a specific magazine. And what this, this, um, this will tell you is what their submission requirements are. So Sometimes they might say, you know, just send me um, small, low resolution by email or don't send whatever you do. Don't send anything as an attachment. Send me a link or, do you know, many of these editors have their own peculiarities and the way they like to be pitched or receive things like, you know, do whatever you do. Don't call me before 4 p.m. because I'm going to be too busy to talk to you. You want to know these kinds of things. And so. This magazine, this book is is a great resource for that. It will also tell you how much they pay and if they pay. It will tell you if they pay from people they don't know. Some of them don't accept any submissions from people they don't know. Um, and so you will want to know all this. This is part of the value, valuable research that will save you time if you do it up front. So... You'll also want to look through the 2017 or whatever your current year's photographer's market is to get any specific guidance on approaching and pitching publications. And then finally, there is an e-listing that you want to get onto called H-A-R-O, Harrow. It stands for Help a Reporter Out. And what this will do, you might sign up for this maybe a, a couple months before you decide to go. You will get you will get pitches from real reporters writing stories, and there is a section there just on travel stories, and you'd want to sign up for that um, um, that list. And three times a day, you will get an email from reporters who are looking for story pitches and story ideas. And so you what you do is just skim that every you know when it comes through and if you see anything that's along the lines of what you're planning and working on then of course you can reply very quickly and make sure um see if you can assist the the writer. Um I'd ask if they need any illustration for the story they're working on. And again, you're making their life easy so you might um you might get um, some traction with that approach. So, so the, the, those are your researching um, to-dos. Research the location, look at magazines, 
get your get an editorial calendar for the magazine to see what the themes specific themes are and then get the photographer's market to see the specific pitch guidance and then subscribe to help a reporter out for any last minute pitches that might be coming down the pike so that you can get in on them okay so that's that's the research topic Next, you'll want to get into planning. Now that you have an idea of who you want to go after and how you're going to approach them, you want to start thinking about any unique story ideas or angles you can use when you are now going to be on location shooting. If you're finding that they're you know, doing a story on on the colors of the Caribbean and you're, you are going to be down there. Now you want to start thinking about how might I interpret this colors of fruit, colors of, you know, of, of houses, colors of, you know, whatever it is, but you, you'll want to start thinking about how you can uniquely interpret this so that you can begin shooting when you are there with, with uh, intention. The other thing is, then as you're doing that, you can start thinking about the pitch angle, the, the the ideas, the pitch angles you will begin to formulate, like how will I sell this to them? And then finally, based on that, you, you're going to want to start creating your shot list before you even get there so that you make sure that you are covering all the angles. There's nothing worse than coming back from a location or a shoot and realizing that you missed of one of the very important shots that would be necessary for your successful and thoroughly telling the story. So remember to, to keep your, keep uh, a note, uh, keep a shot list. So while you're out shooting to make sure that you're capturing everything you need to capture, there used to be a special app that did this for you, but quite honestly, any list app, um, you, you can, I use list apps all the time for this kind of thing, just to make sure I'm covering everything. All right. So that's the second one is planning. And then the third, the third step is the, the actual shooting of the images. Of course, you want to plan your itinerary for the day. Remember we talked about to making sure that you get all the must have shots, making sure you're there when the light's good so that you get the best shots and not wasting your time. So you are going to now, now that you know where you're going, when the light's best, what stories you're going for, you can begin to plan your itinerary so you are working efficiently. What a lot of photographers do is, you know, plan their shooting, of course, around the morning and and afternoon and then the middle of the day you have to go out and play and hang with the family and loved ones if they travel with you or whatever like that but you want to plan your itineraries to make sure that you can work efficiently now the under under the shooting umbrella you want to make sure that you shoot in a wide range of formats because you're shooting for publication you don't really know what page they will use or use your images or how they will use it. So you want to get in the habit when you're shooting of shooting every shot in horizontal and portrait. And you want to get in the habit of leaving a little space on the top in case they want to write over the, the, for instance, especially for your portrait shots, because these are likely to be competing in this format for your covers. And so 
you'll typically need some space for them to put the flag or the the name of the publication over the top. Or even if not that, they may want to overlay the headline. So you're going to want to leave a little space as you're shooting for the editor to be able to to drop some um, text over uh, the top of it in if in case uh, the layout warrants it. But remember, every shot you take, horizontal, uh, portrait, and then from a number of different angles so that you have complete coverage. You want to give them every opportunity to to use your photograph. If you have the opportunity to also, you want to look at the direction the movement or motion is going in your photograph. For instance, you might have if you're getting people riding bikes back and forth, you might want to get one bike going right to left, and you might want to get another bike going left to right. Because depending on how the layout falls, an editor will want to have the movement taking you into the publication rather than out of the publication. And so if they're going to put your picture, for instance, on the left side of the page, they're going to want the movement taking them right, left to right, so that the eye of the reader goes into the publication. So just another thing to think about, giving the editor options, the more options you give them for their layout, um, the happier they will be and the better your chances are of having success. You want to finally, under shooting, carry a notepad with you so that you can capture any caption information. Now, depending on the kind of shoot you're doing, if you're doing for for editorial, you may need to submit some caption, meaning the four W's, the who, what, when, where, why, how. So if you're looking at a scene, you might want to write, you know, the date and time you shot it. Well, this is going to be captured in your EXIF information anyway, but any anything specific about what's happening in the shot so that an editor can explain what's happening, you want to jot notes down on that. If you can, if you are taking a shot where there is one person who is clearly the hero of the shot, meaning you're going in and filling the frame, and this person is clearly the person, the only person in the shot, or one of the you know, one of one or two people who are clearly the focus of the shot, you want to try and see if you get their names. Just jot names down. You'll be surprised how many people are 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 going to be happy about happy to share their names. This is um you know fairly easy. Hey, I got a shot of you. I want to be able to make sure I didn't identify. The cool thing is you say I'm working for now you're a legitimate legitimate journalist and I'm a freelance photographer working for a ma- you know, a magazine, and I'd like to be able to identify you in this shot. Can you please uh, sh- give share your name and where you're from? So you want to have that as well, so that if you needed to, and this is for more editorial, more so than the kinds of magazines that that are pick- looking for just generic stock photo. If you're looking for generic stock-ish kinds of images, then they probably won't need that um, level of detail. But if it's editorial, meaning it's going to be for more of a news or a feature kind of a magazine, you're going to want to have that information. Now, 
Next, you're going to want to evaluate and edit as the next step. And what this means is you don't want to wait till you get back home to to really p- grab those images and put them on a bigger screen. If you don't have your your laptop with you, hopefully you'll have something like a like a tablet or an iPad so you can look at them and really zoom in and make sure that you got the things that you needed to have sharp and that you've got you captured everything the way you you intended to capture it because we all know that when you look at a three inch lcd screen in the back of the camera it can fool you and you can't think you have a winner when in fact you don't so at the end of every day or even every shoot if you have that luxury you want to you know, make sure you see these images on a big screen because if you didn't, if you did not nail it, you're going to have to go back and see if you can do a reshoot. You might decide that this shoot is so much more important than all the others. You want to maybe skip another, another location to go back and get that one done right. So make sure you get the daily review where you download and review your images on a big screen. And then uh, naturally after you're done, you're going to want to really spend some time on the the one, two, or three images that you plan on submitting. And and, and what I, my my real point here is, you're not going to send them thirty images, right? You're gonna if if anything, you might send you know maybe a link to a gallery or something like that. But when you send them the finals, and it's probably not going to be more than one, two, or three that they're really going to want to look at. And if you're just pitching and submitting those themselves, then you're going to want, of course, spend some time and really do a strong post, um, post-processing on those images to really make them pop. When you are exporting the files for an editor, you'll want to make sure that you keep in mind the final, the final use or destination. And if it's for a website, you can of course, export in low resolution, which is usually around 72 DPI dots per inch. And for most of us, when we are, we are exporting to post our images on Facebook or on social media or in our blogs, that's what we're going for, at least a thousand pixels wide in a low resolution. If you are now exporting for print publications, meaning it's going to go in a magazine, they're going to require a higher resolution. And that means you're going to want to export it at at least 300 DPI or dots per inch. And most of your 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 applications where you edit and and work on your images will have um, little templates or will have options to export for these different uh, profiles. And so you're going to want to make sure that you have an export that's low resolution and an export that's high resolution from for, for the editor. The other thing I would suggest is if you are sending to a magazine you go into the EXIF data, and you can do this in any uh, Photoshop Lightroom or any of your your editing publications, and make sure you put your name and contact information into the file, into the EXIF data of the file. You want to have, you know, copyright your name or whatever. You might include your phone number and the contact. There, there is a 
there is a, a field for contact information. You want to make sure that's filled out because if that file ever gets separated from your whole folder with wherever they store everything, you want them to be when they pick up that picture two years later and say, hey, can we reuse this to be able to go into the information and go, ah, we need to give this, um, this is, you know, belongs to so-and-so. We need to make sure that we have permission to use it again and they'll know exactly who to call. The easier you make it for them to find you and get and get permission, the better off you will be. And then finally, you want to publish and pitch. And by that, I mean, this is the last stop is you want to publish the best on your blog. And really, when you do that on your blog, you want to load it up with the keywords that any editor would be using to search for images. Because another way of getting in, in into a publications is to continue publishing lots of images on these locations. And if you are familiar with something called search engine optimization, if not, you'll want to look that up. Think of the keywords an editor would use to search for the image if he or she was looking for illustrations. So if you have an image of the cherry blossom festival think about of what would they use to search for this cherry blossom images cherry blossom photos and to make sure on that web page you have in your description all the kinds of words and keywords and uh, clusters of uh, that someone would use if they were searching because when they start searching for the images you want yours to come up and then finally you always want to keep on every page of your blog when or, or website where you have this, you want to make sure you have your con- up-to-date contact information in the on the bottom of every page so they know how to find you. And you might even go a step further as to including licensing information if you have that there. Um, in some of my pages, I will have licensing information so that you just can just click onto a link and go to a page where they can fill out everything they need to have the licensing request come to me automatically without having to waste time trying to get in touch with me. I get the email with all the information I need to make a good decision, and then I can get back in touch with them. All right, so you want to publish the best to your on your blog. Now, if you're pitching photos to editors, you want to remember that follow-up is going to be extremely important. And this means to get coverage, meaning you know that, or maybe you don't, editors and writers are just notoriously overworked and busy, and very rarely will they ever respond to the first email you send to them. So if you send an email, you don't get anything back, don't take it personally, you're going to have to keep following up so that you, um, you, you, you get through. And you want to make sure that your pitches always looks like it's personalized to this person. Dear editor, I have been checking out your publication. I I saw that you did an issue on this magazine on this topic, and I know that you're doing one in October. I have some images that might be helpful to. The more tailored and specific it looks to them, the more they're likely to to go, ah, this is good, and take note of it. So follow up send it an email, and then I might follow up maybe a few days later by phone call. If you if you are lucky enough to get them on the phone, they will say that they did not see your email, and they'll ask you to send it back again, and then that's when you can um, get through. 
And then many of reporters also, they like people to engage with them on Twitter. So Twitter is a good platform to find reporters and editors and writers So and uh, for publication. So you might want to use that for your research as well. And then finally, the, the follow-up after you, after, let's say they picked up your your images and you are getting covered, then once it's done, a thank you note back to them is appropriate. Not sucking up and telling them that they're best in the world, but just saying, you know, hey, it was a pleasure working with you. Thank you for publishing uh, my image. And you might then use that opportunity to say, here are some other topic areas where you can also um, consider me a resource. If they know that they can depend on you to come through with quality with quality product when they need with some, then that's how you begin that relationship where you don't have to go chasing them. When they need something, they'll come to you. And uh, then now you're really working and uh, and producing and you know getting getting continued and repeat work. All right. So those are the five steps you're going to take. You're going to do a lot of research up front to find out exactly who you're going after, what they need, how you approach them, and why. Then you're going to start planning so that you can, when you get to wherever your location is, you're working efficiently and you're getting everything you need to be successful. When you're shooting, you're going to shoot in all the formats they need. You're going to have a notepad so that you can capture your ca- your caption information. And then you're going to make sure that you evaluate everything on the day you're shooting so that if you need to, you can go back and reshoot. You are going to you know, really work over and post-process the best so you can get of your one or two favorite shots. You're going to export in low resolution for online publications and high resolution for print. And then you're going to publish the best in your blog full of keywords so that editors who are searching for those terms can find you. And then you're going to pitch to your photos to the editors who you have already researched up front and you know how to approach them. And then you're going to remember to keep following up if you, if you don't hear from them right away because it will take a little persistence to get through. And of course, if and when you get published, another follow-up then to continue to establish yourself as an ongoing resource for that um, publication. All right. So those are the steps. If you follow those, you are likely to get coverage. And if you do, please come on back and let me know in the comments where you were and how where you were published and how you went about getting that. And even uh, if, if you have seen it in print, drop a link so we can see your work and celebrate it with you. All right. Good luck. If publishing your travel photos interests you, you can work through the entire process with me in New Orleans. Our Photo Tour New Orleans is a weekend workshop that offers you the opportunity to create an entire travel portfolio and learn to market your images in one weekend. We'll take the outline we covered just now and really go into it in a lot more detail and work through the specifics with you and your photography. Of course, some of the research I will have already done so that you know that you're going to the right places to shoot, but we'll talk about how you can get great travel images while you're there and then how you might go about marketing them 
after you leave. So all that's going on. It's going to be from March 30 to April 2 of 2017. Still have space available. Um, and I would love for you to come on down and join us in the Big Easy. You can learn more about it at phototourneworleans.com. phototourneworleans.com. Go check it out. And if you have questions, you can always set up a, ch- a time for us to do a quick phone conversation to learn more about it. All right. Thanks again for joining us in episode 92 of the Shutterbug Life podcast. I hope you got some some helpful hints there in getting your travel photographs published. Now, if you liked what you heard, you can make sure you don't miss another episode by going to shutterbuglife.com forward slash subscribe and drop your name and email into that box. And the next time I publish an episode or anything else interesting or, or helpful, I'll be sure to send you an email just giving you a quick heads up. I, I try to keep the emails down to one or two per week, so you don't hear from me too much. But when I do, it's to make sure that you don't miss anything good. Now, this, of course, this was episode 92. If you go back to shutterbuglife.com, search for episode 92 to, to come back to this specific episode. By the way, Shutterbug Life is more than a podcast. We are a community of friendly photographers who shoot, share, and learn together. You can join our Facebook group between episodes. Go to fb.shutterbuglife.com. FB, as in Facebook, .shutterbuglife.com. If you happen to find yourself in Washington, D.C., or New York City, you can join our meetups. We try and get out a couple times a month in both cities. It's fun, it's friendly, and it's free. Come on out and join us if you happen to be visiting or even if you live in any one of those cities. And of course, you can learn with me, as I said before, in New Orleans. We will also be doing a weekend workshop with Steve Rosenbach in New York City, I think um, early May. And then there is the um, fall fall cruise at the end of September, early October. Lots of opportunities to get out and shoot, share, and learn with me and the other photographers in the Shutterbug Life community. I hope to see you and shoot with you or share with you one day. Until then, wherever you go, whatever you do, enjoy your Shutterbug Life. Take care. Take care.